This morning we observe Christ the King Sunday. It's a unique day in the church. I like to say it's a politically charged day. As every Sunday should be, if we remember that we are called to live into God's kingdom and not be seduced by the kingdom of this world. It marks the end of the liturgical year. Next Sunday we start a new year, the first Sunday of Advent, a season of hope, a season that reminds us that the kingdom is now and yet to come. My professor of Hebrew scripture, Dr. Judy Fetris Williams, always used to say that one of the great themes of Hebrew scripture is this tension about kings. It demonstrates the relationship between this loving God and God's often faithless people. And throughout salvation history, the Israelites want a king, we want a king, we want a king, and God says, you don't need a king, you have me. And if I give you a king, you'll turn away and forget your God. But the people keep whining. God, being an indulgent parent, gives them a king. And we know that doesn't really turn out so well. And the prophets spend all their time, or much of their time, railing against faithless kings and people who have strayed from their God. This Advent season will bring us prophecies about a king to come who is the Messiah. In Christ, God takes the rightful role as king. But look at what kind of king Christ is. He's not a king of this world. And this whole king thing can be troubling to us, because look, we live in a country where we truly rejected kings as leaders. However, there are all kinds of things in our lives and in our culture that rule over us, things, or should I say kings, that we place above God. Concentrating on the crucifixion for Christ the King Sunday brings some rather puzzling and disturbing truths. We just survived an election cycle in which billions of dollars were spent, not to mention time and attention and energy. For what? The church clearly tells us that Christ is King. Our faith tells us that Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. But that language really only works here at church, or if you're singing Handel's Messiah, the Alleluia Chorus, he's King of kings and Lord of lords. It may work in our devotional lives and practices, but what is our practice in the world? The world says there are so many kings more important than God. The kingdom of the world says that power, Wall Street, politics, income, political action committees, material possessions are more important. So who or what is our king? Do we just say that Jesus is king above all others, but live our lives in contradiction? Let's remember that in Jesus, we have a king who is very different very different from the kings of this world. We have a king who was crucified, 
We have a king who forgives, forgives the very people who have secured his death. We have a king who, while hanging on his cross, grants salvation to the criminal next to him. And fourth, we have a king who brings the condemned into paradise, brings them into paradise with him, rather than condemning them further. And not just the criminals he was crucified with, but all of us. Christ, in praying to his Father, is following his own words to pray for those who abuse and persecute you. He's mocked by leaders, soldiers, and other criminals, evil workers making fun, scoffing at him, ridiculing him, mocking him, and eventually, the criminal who blasphemes him and denies that Jesus is the Messiah, and he denies Jesus' ability to save. But the blaspheming criminal is rebuked by the other criminal, the repentant criminal. And this repentant criminal calls Jesus by name. Jesus, he recognizes him as the God who saves or will save. And he doesn't ask for anything but to be remembered. Today's gospel is timely as we celebrate the reign of Christ the King. Because in order to follow Christ the King, we must be part of a community. A community that is not focused on itself. A kingdom community is not and cannot be focused on itself. And we are called to participate in that kingdom here on earth, now and yet to come. Christ came into the world to testify to the truth, and the truth is that Christ, by his death and resurrection, is Savior, who truly brings justice and peace to the world. And all who listen to his voice belong to the truth. And we are a part of God's kingdom. So be not afraid, because that's what kind of king he is. A kind of king whose mercy we cannot fathom. A king who brings justice and truth. And why shouldn't we be afraid? Because look at how Jesus forgives. Look at how Jesus loves. Look at how Jesus saves. The scene of Luke's crucifixion shows how wide God's mercy is. Jesus' offer of salvation is beyond our imagination. We, we can't get it through our heads. And whatever evil or whatever acts one has done, it is no barrier for acceptance into Jesus' kingdom. And Jesus offers direct access to salvation. And he offers this access to salvation to persons, to persons who are worthy of the most extreme punishment for their sins. Even those carrying out the crucifixion and all the mockeries can be forgiven by Jesus. Father, forgive them. And though he responds to the second criminal's request, Jesus ignores that call to save himself. 
Because it is through that cross that he comes into his kingdom. Where those who are deemed unrighteous may share in the salvation of the righteous. His reign is not a death-dealing system intent on punishment. It is not an eye-for-an-eye kingdom. But it is a paradise. A paradise that is today. That extends even to those we think don't deserve it. And the people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.